This is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. Glad to be here with you tonight, and I want to jump right into this uh, important program. Father, in Yeshua's name, I just pray that you'd bless this program to your honor and glory, that you would inspire, Lord, your people to walk deeper, to not be ignorant of the hour, but to move according to your will in obedience, Lord, Not desiring the things of this world, but instead desiring the deeper, holy things of God is my prayer in Yeshua's name. Amen. I want to jump in tonight and just get going here. But first, I want to say thanks to God. My youngest daughter has graduated. Um, Both of our children were homeschooled, uh, but my youngest daughter wanted to go to a Christian school, and we knew of one that was actually a fantastic school um, with some best education and teachers. We just loved them so much and we're like family. Um, But she's done and praise God. I am so thankful for that. Thank you, Jesus. Folks, with that, though, I want to jump in right now because as you saw yesterday, how the president of the United States had fallen again, like he has many times. We all know he's too old to rule. Uh, We all know that he's not even ruling anyways. It's nothing but an empty shell. And we all know that no matter what that family does, the corruption runs so deep. And listen, the truth is, folks, the Republicans do not get a free pass. They are just as evil and corrupt. But it is so symbolic of the fallen nature of this nation. And I've seen the injustices that have been done and the things that happened because of uh, January, you know, back on that famous day that uh, has a number six in it. You know, have to be careful because they've been going through and deleting old remnant call programs where they've decided to add new stuff to their algorithms now to delete more programs. But you saw where the head of the um, Oath Keepers um, was it uh, Stuart something? He got uh, was 18 years in prison. And I know he's been at a lot of these, uh, you know, events um, here, the Watchmen programs or whatever and different things and uh, through the years. And and um, uh, what are the other? I don't know, but he's been there. And and uh, a friend of mine, Todd, who um, we he and I were at this place one time and that guy was sitting at the same table as as us and i think what happened to him was horrible it was terrible it was injustice but i i can remember we're sitting there i was in the marines my buddy todd he's a big guy like i am and uh this guy was talking about you know we gotta fight the government all these things and i'm I'm like what are you fighting what are you trying to protect like i'm not joining in with you because i'm not trying to save Something that God said to come out of my people. Somehow, and I don't know why, but we have groups of people that believe that their sole mission is to rescue this country. And folks, I I fought voluntarily for this country. I didn't, nobody had to put a gun to my head. I served because I loved the United States of America. I mean, I still do. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it one bit. But I myself am looking for a city 
whose builder and maker is God. And when I read from Revelation chapter 18, folks, we've talked about this before, about being the United States of America. And I, please, if you don't believe it is, just I, I, I don't even want to hear it anymore. I don't have time for it. Do your research. Look at it. There's no nation on this earth that if it was destroyed in one hour of one day that all the merchants of the world would weep and wail and throw dust on their heads because no one buys their goods anymore. There is no place like that, that all the merchants, only the number one importer of the world could cause the merchants of the earth to weep and wail because no one buys their goods anymore. That's us. It's there, and we deceive the world through our pharmacy, uh, our sorcery, as Revelation 18 talks about. You know what? A, you can go back and listen to some past programs of Remnant Call. But it says specifically, and if you believe that we are a part of this system, the Bible says, Come out of her, my people, lest you partake in her sins and lest you share in her her plagues. Now, we know this is not just only the U.S. and Mystery Babylon. We know it's the whole Babylonian system, which is, you know, it's political, it's economical, it's geopolitical, it's, it's all kinds of, fa- it's religious, right? It's anti-religious. It's a system that we must come out of. And my question is, why are you trying to save something God says to come out of? You are not going to make Babylon great again. Look, I'm a business owner. I enjoyed the last rule under Trump from a prosperity standpoint. We give raises. The company that, you know, that we were able to grow easily. You know, I mean, I don't know why people would ever want that to end. But I am not living for the next dollar. I'm looking for a city, as I said, whose builder and maker is God. And I remember hearing this guy, I mean, I don't know what his deal was. He wanted to, you know, we got to fight this. And I'm like, dude, first of all, you've got some kind of complex trying to prove who you are. I wasn't very impressed by him one bit. Matter of fact, I thought he, I, I didn't like him at all. I'm just going to tell you straight up. I didn't, I didn't really like, I'm going to go to another place. I don't want to sit by him anymore. Cause I'm like, this is not what the God that I serve is calling me to do. The God that I serve is calling me to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, you break into my home, you will find a very ugly side of me. Because if the good men of the house would have known what hour the thief was coming, he would not have suffered his home to be broken into. I will defend my home. You better believe it. But I can tell you right now, I am not trying to save this disgusting place, this perverse nation, this all-encompassing mass of evil that has taken over and possessed an entire nation into absolute filth and darkness. And if you don't like that, that's fine. There's a million other programs you can go listen to out on the internet. I am a follower, I am in the Lord's army, and I will fight to protect that which is holy, the things of God. But God says specifically, vengeance is the Lord's. Listen, I'm telling you right now, folks, the Lord is coming back one day, and he will set everything right, okay? It's personal. They killed his son, okay? It's very personal, Our Heavenly Father is going to take care of business. Don't you worry about it. But right now, as a believer, 
I don't find anywhere in the word right now that our, we should be sitting here and fighting to save this filthy, perverse nation. Quite the opposite. I'm reading the word and God's saying you need to come out of this stuff. Be separate. Touch not the unclean thing. Folks, our cup is filled. One person, I don't care who wins the next presidency. One person is coming in, not going to come in and change it all over. We would have to have mass repentance from one end to the other. And I see no evidence that that's going to happen for the nation. But I do believe amongst God's people, there will be repentance and revival. And it will be powerful, but not like the type you think about where it's going to be all, you know, just shoots and ladders and candy land. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about spiritual rival that says I will go all the way for Christ no matter what the cost. That's the kind of revival I'm talking about. God will raise his people up. So in the last hour, we are useful. We are useful for what the Lord needs and desires us to do. And that's to get out and share this good news. And folks, I can tell you right now, when it all hits the fan, when it's all, we're gone. I'm gone. You know, I hope the Lord will call me out before. We're, I, I, I'm here to protect my family and to follow the Lord. I am not here to sit and, and fight for all these worthless causes. Now, there are, wor- there are worthwhile causes out there. Don't get me wrong. And I believe in standing up and, 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 and for those things and for the little guy and all that. But spiritually, we are worse than Sodom and Gomorrah will ever even come close to. Why in the world do I want to defend that? You want to defend your children? You want to fight for your children? Pull them into homeschool or find a school that doesn't believe in that stuff. You say, well, I don't have the money. I found a lot of people, if they pray and seek the Lord's face and there's a strong enough desire, uh, they'll figure out a way by God's grace to get it done. Don't just have the give up too early attitude. God is able to do that, which we cannot do. We have a God that is a God of the impossible. And so we need to stand up and understand that God is calling us out, not in. He is calling us into the war, but the war is fought on our knees. The war is fought. Do you, do you ever you remember the stories when David Wilkerson went into New York City and the whole Nikki Cruz and all that stuff? They spit on him, slapped him, hit him, all these kind of things. He didn't hit him back. He he actually it, he let them do that, and he won their trust. And eventually, God worked a miracle. If you've never seen the cross and the switchblade or read the book, you you you're missing out. It's powerful what God can do through obedience, and I believe that is the problem we are running into today. There's no more obedience in the world, not in the church especially. Everything's grace, grace. Do what you want. Live how you want to do. Once you're saved, you're always saved. Therefore, you can go and live like the devil. Whatever. I mean, it's it's all lies. It's absolute lies. I've said this so many times. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do what the Lord says to do. But because we are so self-centered, and that's why God's calling us out, But what happens when you are engrossed in Babylon, 
it becomes a part of your life and the desires become a part of your outlook on how you understand and frame your relationship with God. And unless we separate, sanctify, set apart ourselves unto God, we will be entrenched at the downfall of this country. And folks, let me tell you clearly, it is falling. Correction, it's fallen. And you look at the history of ancient Greece and Rome and their love for homosexuality and all these things and how it was the downfall in their nations and crumbling apart. Folks, we are looking at that today in this unbelievable, lustful desire for the sick, gross, just ungodly, unbelievable Desire for the sickest type of relationships are on display everywhere. I even saw a thing where there some clinic now your baby is either born as transgender or or gen, uh, non-binary. You can choose which one of the two. I'm like, are you kidding me? My child's born, you know, man or woman, boy or girl. I've got a grandson right now. I'm and he's five, uh, six months old. And guess what? He's fully. Man, 100%. That's right. He is 100% man, and I'm not ashamed of that, and I don't need to make up excuses in order to not hurt people's feelings. But the truth is, if we don't get back into obedience as a people, we are going to deceive ourselves and fall under the strong delusion that the Bible's talking about. You know the parable of the ten virgins. We have shared this before on the Remnant Call. Um, Matthew chapter 25. It's a very powerful story. I'm going to read it here real quickly. Matthew 25, starting in verse one, then shall the kingdom of heaven be like unto 10 virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels and their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet. Now, this is actually fascinating. Just to be you know, uh, equal, I've said before, just like Democrats and Republicans, they're pretty much filthy across the board, all of them. And here's the truth. Did you notice all of them had slumbered and slept? The whole church about was asleep when Jesus returned. They were all messed up. And now I was looking earlier. There was some Pew Research um, in twenty December of 2022. So it's very recent. And they did some polls here um, about how many adults actually believe that we are living in the end times. Now, the total overall for adults in the United States were 39% believed that, yes, we are living in the end times, and 58% believed no, and I guess a small percentage had no had no, um, you know, thoughts. Um, as, as of Christians, you know, overall there was 47%. Protestants specifically, 55% did. Evangelical, 63%. Mainland, mainline Christianity, though, 31%. Now, here's the interesting thing. The historically black churches, 76%. Now, break this, let's go down farther. White people, specifically, 34%. Black, 
68, Hispanic 41, Asian 33. I find that very interesting. And my buddy Todd, black, and they can tell you the old school traditional black families. See, back before the government's desire through Planned Parenthood and through Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood and to, to basically, through eugenics, extinguish the black race, the black family in the United States was a very devoted Christian family with manners, morals, and a standard to live by. But what happens when the government comes in and programs and their desire to eliminate through abortions and kill off a society? Well, we end up getting today what we have. But for strong black believers, they actually hold the majority of believing that we're in the end times. And you know what's interesting? They came out of tragedy and hardship through slavery and everything else. And they were they got to learn here in the United States and different things about the true God of the Bible. And they were very faithful. And many times that's what hardship produces is strong faith in the Lord. But doesn't matter how strong your faith is, if you allow someone else to become your rock and your stability, such as the government, what happens? You get destroyed. And folks, right now in the United States, a country who says one nation under God, we I wish, you know what, would it be great? We could just take that off of our money tomorrow. Just take it off. You know why? Because it's a lie. It's a total lie. We might as well just stop and say, Lord, we're sorry for saying this. We're going to go ahead and take it off because we've been lying. We're not one nation under God. They may be under some kind of a God little G, but not under Yahweh they're not. And this is the problem we're facing is that there's confusion and a lack of even belief that Jesus is coming again, that we're in the end times. The whole church is asleep. Back to the 10 virgins. Now, yes, they were all asleep, but that some of them had been preparing in their life because five were wise and five were foolish. Now, you remember the story. It goes on to say this. And at midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough oil for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they were they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterwards came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now, here's the interesting thing. The five that were foolish tried to get oil from those that were wise, those that had the spirit of the God, the, the spirit of God, those that were living, you know, the life that the, the, the Lord asked them that were in contact, that were that were doing what God asked them to do. And that meant they were praying, seeking his face. They knew the heart of their God. The others, though, thought that they were going to be able to make it on someone else's oil. I've said this over and over again. If you believe 
that you can make it into the kingdom because of what your pastor has taught you or the faith of your pastor or whatever programs you've been listening to on the internet, you have deceived yourself because you can't make it into the kingdom on someone else's dime. You're not going to do it. They thought they could go on someone else's oil when the truth is they had to have their own walk with the Lord. But they were still, all of them, asleep. And so when I'm looking at this carefully, you have to ask yourself, if they're all asleep, will the Lord ever wake us up here in the United States? Well, I don't believe as a nation, but I do believe as a body of people, he will wake us up worldwide. Not that we're going to turn the world around, but I'm talking about so that we are prepared for the worst of times in this world's history. God will wake up his church. It seems, according to this parable, that even though the church is asleep, yet in other parts of the world, the church actually already seems to be awake. And they seem to be carrying forth the gospel at no matter what the cost. But there is something in this parable, and it's not hidden. It's just easy to read by. I want to go jump back to verse 6, starting there. And at midnight there was made, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for your, our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather out to them that sell and buy for yourself. See, folks, there is a midnight cry that's coming. Because if you read that at the midnight cry, they woke up. But some people woke up and realized they were completely lost. And what a terrible thing when God desires you to know and understand that you are saved and you're walking with him to find out in the very end that you're actually lost because you thought you could go on someone else's dime. This is what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 13 when he said this, verse 11, and know that knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Paul was saying, stop trying to fulfill your personal lusts and desire. It's time to wake up, understand the hour that you're in, and let's be about our Heavenly Father's business. Folks, if you can't understand that right now in the United States of America, I don't know less short of a missile headed our way that you will ever get the picture because we are so fallen. We are so far gone and there's not enough guns in this world for you to try to win back and turn around the United States of America. The truth is God says, come out of her, 
be ye separate. It's time to start sharing and doing what our Heavenly Father has asked us to do. God puts us into situations that you don't even understand. I had a coworker come in today at the end of work, one of my employees, and started sharing with me some things. I turned him onto a book I wanted him to read. Outside of work, something he's a he's a believer, and I shared with him some stuff with some heavy things. And man, little did you I had no idea that this stuff was gonna spur this kind of thought into some other things that I wasn't even prepared for, looking for truths in the Bible that I hadn't even shared with him, you know, that that God was already working things, all because I had said, Hey, you ought to read this book. That was so simple. Yet I had no idea God has a bigger plan out there. You know, we talk about courage. Courage is not sitting there and getting your guns and ready to fight. Courage is sharing the truth about the second coming with Jesus with your neighbor. That's courage. Courage is going out there to somebody you don't know and saying, you know what? God's got a better life out there. He's got a plan for you. He loves you. His son died for you. That's courage. But sitting here to fight to retake control of America? Come, give me a break. What are you trying to save? I don't get it. When Hudson Taylor went to China, he made the voyage on a sailing vessel as it neared the channel between the southern Malay Peninsula and the island of Sumatra. The missionary had heard an urgent knock on his stateroom door. He opened it. And there stood the captain of the ship. Mr. Taylor, he said, we have no wind. We are drifting toward an island where the people are heathen, and I fear they are cannibals. When I, What can I do, asked Taylor. I understand that you believe in God. I want you to pray for wind. All right, Captain, I will. But you must set the sail. Why, that's ridiculous. There's not even the slightest breeze. Besides, the sailors will think I'm crazy. But finally, because of Taylor's insistence, he agreed. 45 minutes later, he returned and found the missionary still on his knees. You can stop praying now, said the captain. We've got more wind than we know what to do with. Hudson Taylor, when I was on a way to the mission field in China, he had no idea that he was already in the mission field on that boat and that his job that day was to be a witness of what it means to pray in faith. Now, some years back, my eldest daughter, she was out, had one of her friends over here. It was winter time and me and Todd and, um, my buddy Todd and this, my daughter, oldest daughter and her friend, we were out riding my truck around in snow, old truck, and we were going down this road. The The snow was so deep and so thick, and it started coming up over the hood, and I was plowing forward, and I knew if any moment I stopped, I'd be stuck. But it got so deep, I couldn't see where the edges of the road were anymore, and I knew there were some mailboxes coming up, and I finally had to let off the truck, and we were buried. And so we were sitting there stuck in the snow. We were far away from home. And nobody was dressed right. We shouldn't have been out there doing that. And we were just didn't know what to do. We couldn't go forward. We couldn't go backwards. So we got out. We started to dig a little bit and realized we are in 
bad shape. Every time we would try to go, nothing would happen. And in my mind, in my mind, I was thinking, Frank, pray, pray. Why are you delaying for? And then I, I had my daughter's friend in the back and, and she was not really the believer. And I was like, I, I well, I don't, I was afraid that maybe this prayer, I, I, you know, I was, I wanted her to see God's hand, but what if it didn't? And I'm like, why are you worried about just pray? And so in a moment, I finally, I said, Oh Lord, I'm going to just pray and believe and overcome my fear, Lord. And so I prayed, Lord, please, Jesus name, get us somehow out of this place. And folks, I'm here to tell you, we were buried a quarter mile almost, or at least probably an eighth of a mile to a quarter up into this road with the smallest set of tracks that were un- over a windy country road. And, and every time we try to back up just a little bit, we get sucked right off the edge of the road. It was so difficult. And we prayed and we cried out. And I needed God so bad to show this girl the, that God was able to do something that we couldn't do. And folks, I'm not kidding you. We prayed. Todd jumped back in the truck. And I put that thing in reverse. And we backed out a quarter mile. And it was un- it was miraculous. We were all in just blown away. Nobody could believe what just took place we couldn't get a few feet and the snow was coming in so hard but when we finally laid it down in faith and I couldn't believe I waited so long because I was afraid for a moment that God might not come through and this girl would not be able to see his power but when I asked God to do it folks he worked a miracle you see I thought I was just out having a fun time riding around in the snow But I was on a missionary trip that day and I didn't know it. And I hesitated for a moment. But finally, when true courage came by the Spirit of the living God, and I cried out in prayer, out loud, unashamed, God came through. I don't know what it is that you're facing right now in this hour. But I can tell you, folks, God's got a plan for us. He's going to lead us through these last hours. It's going to get bad, but God already knew that. But he's calling us to come out of this place, come out of this this disgusting filth, to be separate. Touch not the unclean thing. It's not work. It's not trying to work your way into salvation. Obedience is what it means to be a believer. Faith produces obedience if you say you have faith but you don't obey then you're lying that you have faith because faith in jesus means you have faith to do the things he asks you to do and god is calling us to faith in this hour folks i want you to understand your god's powerful he's amazing And he's not done doing works. Things are going to get crazy. Things are going to get miraculous. And the devil and all his hordes from hell are going to pull out every stop of trickery and all that there is to it. But you know what? God is going to do greater works in us than even he did here on this earth. Not because he couldn't have. 
but because he desired to do that. Our Savior desires that we would do even greater works than him. Who could have imagined our God is so humble and powerful at the same time? Keep your head up, folks. Get on your knees. Fight this good fight and glorify your God. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.